Today is the 19th Sunday after Pentecost, and the epistle is from St. Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 4. Brethren, be ye renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man, who according to God is created in justice and the holiness of truth. Wherefore, putting away lying, seek ye the truth, every man with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your anger. Give not place to the devil. He that stole, let him now steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have something to give to him that suffereth need. And the Gospel is from St. Matthew chapter 22. At that time, Jesus spoke to the chief priests and the Pharisees in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a king who made a marriage for his son. And he sent his servants to call them that were invited to the marriage, and they would not come. Again he sent other servants, saying, Tell them that were invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my beeves and fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come ye to the marriage. But they neglected and went their way one to his farm and another to his merchandise. And the rest laid hands on his servants, and having treated them contumeliously, put them to death. But when the king had heard of it, he was angry. And sending his armies, he destroyed those murderers and burnt their city. And he said to his servants, The marriage indeed is ready, but they that were invited were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, call to the marriage. And his servants going forth into the ways gathered together all that they found, both bad and good. And the marriage was filled with guests. And the king went in to see the guests, and he saw there a man who had not on a wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having on a wedding garment? But he, said, but he was silent. And the king said to the waiters, Bind his hands and feet, and cast him into the exterior darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Thus far the words of the Holy Gospel. And he sent his servants to call them that were invited to the marriage, and they would not come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's gospel tells the sad story of human ingratitude, of how people, even today, reject God's mercy and are indifferent to his gifts and invitations. A king made a marriage for his son, and he sent his servants to call them that were invited, and they would not come. The king is a symbol of God the Father. The son, a symbol of the eternal word of God, the son of God, who became incarnate, espoused human nature, uh, in order to redeem and sanctify it. God thus invites all men to the great banquet of the divine nuptials, at which they will find happiness and salvation. And being preoccupied with earthly things, Uh, Most people reject the invitation and the messengers. And this amounts to a rejection of God. Our Lord grieves and laments to see people lose their souls. He once cried out, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee. By these words, he condemns not only the obstinacy of the Jews, but that of all souls who have stubbornly and ungratefully rejected his love and his graces. The prophets, St. John the Baptist, 
and the apostles are the servants, the messengers sent by God to call men to the banquet of redemption. How did men receive these messengers of God? They laid hands on his servants, and having treated them contumeliously, put them to death, the gospel says. Now, the parable ends here, but unfortunately, human ingratitude has gone much farther. Not only the servants and messengers were killed, but even God's very son. And yet God's mercy is so great that it cannot be overcome. He still invites all men to his feast, even offering this divine son, whom they have killed, to be their food. The banquet is prepared. Jesus, the divine lamb, has been sacrificed, immolated for the redemption of mankind. And if many fail to accept the invitation, others will be invited. The marriage indeed is ready, but they that were invited were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, call to the marriage. Now, dear friends, uh, we too have been invited uh, to this feast. But the question for us is, how have we responded to the invitation? Have we not also at times shown more interest and concern for worldly and material things than for the things of God? Have we not at times been like the men in the parable who neglected and went their way, one to his farm, another to his merchandise? Today's parable refers to the invitation uh, of, uh, of all men to the Christian life. God invites each one of us uh, to follow him in a specific vocation. He calls some to the religious life, to serve him as a priest, a sister, or a brother. He calls some to married life, others to the single life. And the young people should especially pray for guidance, uh, to know what God wants them to do. Because that vocation to which God calls us is the uh, easiest way for us to save our soul. And we should respond generously to his calling. We must devote our whole soul to the duties of that state in life uh, to which God has called us. The parable also tells of a young man who did not refuse the invitation, but who accepted it in an unworthy manner, appearing at the, me the wedding feast without the wedding garment. Now this it may seem harsh, the way he was treated, being kicked out because of the way he was dressed, but in the old days, they used to provide the garments at these wealthy weddings. And uh, if you weren't dressed well, you would be uh, provided a garment at the door. So the fact that he didn't have a garment was his own fault. It wasn't just like he was poor and um, without fault. So uh, this uh, wedding garment, is a f uh, appearing without the garment, is a figure of those who respond to our Lord's invitation in a material way only without really embracing heart and soul um, that vocation that God calls them, without striving by their works to live in a manner, manner worthy of their vocation. Souls seriously endanger uh, their salvation uh, by doing so. And God is not deceived by appearances. He sees the state of the soul. Like the king in the parable, he takes note of those who are not clothed in a nuptial garment, that is, in the robe of grace and virtue, befitting their vocation. Sooner or later the day will come when God will pronounce for each of us, or for each of these people, the terrible words, bind his hands and feet, and cast him into the exterior darkness. Without going to these extremes, we can still fail to respond generously to God's call. And the question of responding to our vocation is not a one-time decision. 
Each day, our vocation calls for a new response, a fresh acceptance, adapted to the circumstances and the grace of the moment. A vocation realizes its full realization only by our continual fidelity to God's inspirations, that is, His actual graces. These, in these invitations follow one another without interruption for those who are faithful, and they reveal to the attentive soul ever new horizons, new duties, new opportunities for generosity, new aspects of perfection and self-sacrifice. The parable ends with this sobering statement, Many are called, but few are chosen. Now why is it that only a few are chosen? Because few correspond day by day with the grace of their vocation. Few accept all the consequence, consequences and demands of the divine call. And few always answer yes to the promptings of God's grace. Few people realize that God is the author of every vocation. So uh, for us, each of us should be convinced and say to ourselves, God is the author of my vocation. He has given my duties. He requires me to serve Him by fulfilling the duties of my state, the duties of my job, duties to my family, <clears throat> to my spouse, to my children. And for children, duties to my parents. <clears throat> these duties, these daily chores, uh, can and should be offered to God and fulfilled generously and cheerfully because He wills them, and they are our means to heaven. <clears throat> this offering of our work to God uh, is a prayer which unites us to God and sanctifies us. And when our duties are burdensome, as they often are, they can become sacrifices for the conversion of sinners, and thus a means of apostolate that will also purify our souls and help us to find purpose and peace and joy in the midst of our daily grind. <clears throat> and this is what God calls us to do. In order to cooperate generously with His invitation, we must try to be as detached as we can from our own will and from the things of the world. We should uh, submit uh, gladly when our own wishes are contradicted and when we cannot have, the thi have things the way we would like them. By accepting these contradictions for love of God, we become detached from our own will and we embrace the will of God. Our motive, of course, must always be the love of God when we accept sufferings. No lesser motive will really sustain us and gain for us an eternal reward. We also must pray often, for prayer is the only means of receiving God's help. And without God's help, we can do nothing. That is, we can do nothing that is supernaturally meritorious and beneficial to us. Pray then, pray especially to the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is the mediatrix of all grace. God has given her the love of a mother for each of us. And after our divine Savior, she is our greatest ally, our greatest friend. She is our life, our sweetness, and our hope. She always did God's will, and she will help us do the same. That is God's providential plan for giving to her, her to us as our mother. 
And if we constantly seek her assistance and pray her rosary, she will bring us to that eternal feast which she already enjoys. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.